This sermon is titled The Prayer Life of Jesus, Part 1. Be enriched as you listen. One of the things that we do at church is uh, usually at the end of the year, we plan ahead for the, the upcoming year. Uh, typically, we plan out all the 52 Sundays and we plan out uh, the various events and camps and conferences that are going to be happening in the year ahead. And so as we were doing that for 2023, one of the things that we wanted to really strengthen us as a church, as a community, is in our life of prayer. We felt that we needed to light a little fire there to strengthen us as a church, encourage us as individuals in our life of prayer. And so we planned to have this time, June, July, as a, a Sundays where we would spend time learning about prayer and just uh, challenging all of us, encouraging each of us in, that, uh, in our prayer lives. And hopefully, as we journey through this, that will take place. So what we're going to be talking about over the next several weeks, we're titling this sermon series, Following Jesus in Prayer. Following whom? Jesus. Following Jesus in prayer. So what we're going to do essentially is look into the four Gospels and of course a few other passages as well and examine the life of our Lord Jesus Christ from the perspective of prayer, examine his prayer life. So imagine somebody putting a, you know, a magnifying glass on Jesus or on your life or my life and saying, okay, let's see what their prayer life is like. What can we get out of it? But we're going to do that looking at the life of the Lord Jesus, look at his life in the four Gospels and try to elicit his some key insights, some learnings that we can take away and apply to our own lives so that our prayer lives can develop as you look at the prayer life of the Lord Jesus Christ. So today, we're just doing a bird's eye view of the prayer life of Jesus. So in part one, we're doing a bird's eye view, a highlight on the prayer life of Jesus. Now, uh, in this sermon, I'm not going to ask you to open your Bible and turn to chapter and verse. So relax. Uh, just listen. All of, the, all of the entire sermon notes are already up on the website, so you can download it, follow along. There will be scriptures we're referencing, but I'm not going to ask you to turn there yet. In the, in, the, in, the, in the Sundays up ahead, we will definitely be turning and looking at these scriptures, uh, getting into them in depth. But... We want to give a highlight, a bird's eye view of the prayer life of Jesus. Some of the key things we want to highlight and, and each aspect we will delve into as we journey in, in the coming Sundays. So when we talk about the prayer life of Jesus, now there is not much recorded for us about his early days. So we cannot go to, you know, certain passages in the Gospels necessarily and say that was his prayer life the first 30 years of his life. Uh, it's not there recorded for us. But what we can do is we can look back at what the prophet Isaiah spoke of Jesus prophetically and we can draw some inferences from that and say this is what his prayer life must have been like in the first 30 years of his life. So the prophet Isaiah speaking about Jesus, for instance, in Isaiah the 50th chapter, verses 4 and 5, he says, He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. And I was not rebellious, neither did I turn away from that. So what Isaiah is saying is, as, as, as a father was... Alright, we got this alarm. <laughs> as a father was relating to his son, the servant, the Messiah, he would wake him up morning by morning to speak to him. And he was not rebellious. He didn't say, oh, I don't want that. He was ready. He was up for it. And Isaiah 53 verse 1 says, He shall grow up before him as a tender plant. Meaning he was nurtured very lovingly, caring 
in, in the eyes of a caring father. He grew up in the very presence of the father. Isaiah also says in Isaiah 11 verse 3, he says, He shall delight in the fear of the Lord. That means he, his, his passion, his delight was to walk in reverence toward God. So we can draw some inferences from these verses. That in the early days of his life, the first 30 years, he definitely walked in the fear of the Lord. He definitely delighted in just pursuing the Father, waking up early and seeking God. Even though that is not specifically recorded for us, we can infer from Isaiah's prophecy that this is what the Lord did in his early days. That he would wake up seeking God and was nurtured up in the very presence of the Father. Now, I want you to think about this. If we took a vote here this morning and said, which one person in all of human history didn't need to pray? Most of us would put first Jesus Christ. He didn't need to pray. He was God who became man. He was almighty God who walked on the earth. And if there was anyone who did not need to pray, it would be Jesus. And yet, what do we observe in the Bible, in the Gospels? When we look at the life of Jesus, he spent a lot of time in prayer. And that's a big lesson for you and me. The one person who we think didn't need to pray, he prayed a lot. He prayed a lot. And that means you and I must carve out time in our lives. Even as busy as life is, we need to set time aside to be alone with God in prayer. If Jesus did it, then you and I need to do it. So turn to the person next to you and say, if Jesus did it, we must do it. If Jesus prayed, you and I must pray. Tell them again. If Jesus prayed, you and I must pray. <laughs> we definitely need to pray. If he prayed, we better pray. And he prayed a lot. So, if you look at the secret prayer life, or his praying in secret. So this was not Jesus saying, hello everybody, I'm going to pray. No. He's a secret prayer. He didn't announce it. He didn't put it on his Facebook. I'm praying for 40 days. <laughs> he didn't do those things. You know, I was really thinking yesterday, if Jesus was living in our day and time, how would he have been using social media? Hello, I'm on the Sermon on the Mount. <laughs> I'm about to give my sermon. There are 5,000 people. Can you see them all? Check. I mean, I'm trying to imagine... How would Jesus have used social media for his ministry? How would he have done it? My guess, and I don't know what your guess would be. My guess is he would not even have an account. <laughs> he said, I don't need it. <laughs> I just don't need it. I'm not telling you you don't need an account. I'm just saying my guess is Jesus wouldn't even bother with it. <laughs> right? Okay, that, that wasn't part of the sermon. <laughs> Get back to the sermon. All right. So, it's very dangerous to be getting distracted. I don't know where I stopped. Uh, the secret, right? We're talking about the secret life of Jesus. Yes. His prayer life in secret. Soon get distracted. Uh, so, Jesus began his ministry. By spending 40 days in the wilderness. So he's like, you're going to start ministry? Yes. What are you going to do? I'm going far away from everybody. And I'm going to be alone with the Father. I mean, that's how you're going to start your ministry. You're not preparing your Facebook page, social media, publicity. No, 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 no. I don't need any of that. I just need to be alone with the Father. That's how I'm going to launch the ministry. Think about it. That's what he did. 
He went for 40 days. He went alone just to be with the Father. This was at a very critical juncture in his life. He's about to launch his earthly ministry. What did he do? He went to pray. That's what he did. And it's so amazing that his secret life was so powerful. Now just before he went away into the wilderness, he went to John the Baptist to be baptized. And Luke chapter 3, verses 21 and 20 to record this. That as he came out of the water, it says, As he prayed, the heavens were opened. Let's say it together. As he prayed, the heavens were opened. Let's say it one more time. As he prayed, the heavens were opened. Now, that doesn't mean as he was praying, a few clouds floated away. Somebody could say, hey, that just happened by, you know, this natural phenomena. No, no. It's talking about the spiritual heavens. As he prayed, the heavens opened. Now, we understand as believers that you and I are living in an open heaven in the sense that the Lord Jesus Christ died for us and Hebrews 10, 19, 20 says that He has opened for us a new and living way so that you and I can access the presence of God anytime. So yes, we understand from that perspective, you and I have an open heaven. We can actually go into the presence of the Father any day, anytime. But on the experiential side, that means in our life here on earth, there are times when we seemingly experience a brass heaven. The heaven over, heavens over us are like brass. It's like nothing happening. And can you and I be people like Jesus? That when we step into such situations and when we pray, the heavens open. Somebody calls you and says, you know, I'm in this situation. Nothing seems to get, be getting through. The heavens over me seem like brass. But you come in there, you step in there, and you pray like Jesus prayed. And the heavens open over their lives. What am I saying? That you and I can be like Jesus. Wherefore, people experientially in their life situations, we can step in there and through our prayer, open up the heavens over their lives. So that they can experience God pouring out His blessing, His mercy, His grace, His intervention in their lives. And you can be one of those people who will open up the heavens on other people's lives. Through your prayer. Through your prayer. So Jesus, the one who didn't need to pray, we find that he would wake up early in the mornings and he would go to a place to pray. Mark 1.35 says he did that. And then as his ministry began to grow and crowds of people were coming, the Bible records in all the Gospels, Matthew, Mark and Luke, they record saying that time and again, he would send the multitudes away. Can you imagine saying, okay guys, time's up. He would send the multitudes away and he would go aside into a solitary place to be alone with the Father. So the ministry was growing. Crowds were coming. And yet Jesus found it so important to send the multitudes away to go aside to pray. And Luke records this in Luke 6 and verse 12. He says that the night, the day, the night before the day when Jesus chose his 12 disciples, and this was such an important decision he was about to make to choose 12 people. What did he do? The whole night he spent in prayer. How much time do you and I pray when we've got to make some major decisions? The most of us say, God, I'll fleece you or you fleece me. We'll put a fleece out to God before God. You know, that's how we want to make our decisions. But Jesus didn't put any fleeces. He went and prayed. He spent the night in prayer before he could choose 12 people. That's important. The Bible records that every now and then, he would take three of his closest disciples and he'd say, let's go and pray. He would take Matt, Peter, James, and John. Let's go and pray, three of them. It teaches us that sometimes we just need a few people, just a few people. 
close to us. Just three people. That's all Jesus said. Three people. And he took them. Let's go. Let's go and pray. He didn't ask for a big crowd. So just three. We need to go pray. So sometimes that's all we need. A few people to get together. Pray. But Jesus did it. Jesus did it. And he did this in secret. It was a secret prayer life. So we're going to examine that a little bit in the coming series. Talk more on that. How you and I can develop our secret prayer life. Another important thing we see in the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the life, ministry, and teachings of Jesus concerning prayer is He gave us a pattern for prayer. He gave a pattern for prayer. And we all know this. The Lord's Prayer. We call it the Lord's Prayer. But He never intended for this to be a recital prayer. He didn't say, every time you want to pray, say this prayer. He didn't say that. He said, in this manner, you pray. Meaning, this is an outline. This is a framework. You pray addressing these issues in your prayer. So, it's not a prayer to be recited, but it's a pattern to be used in our personal prayer. So, we are going to examine the Lord's Prayer. And look at all the key points, key areas He says you should be praying about when you are praying. These are the key areas. Our Father, who art in heaven... Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation. But deliver us from the evil one. For thine is a kingdom, the power and the glory forever. These are the points. These are the kinds of things you need to be praying about. A pattern for us. And we can use that. We're not repeating the prayer every time. But we use that as a pattern. When you want to go spend time in prayer, use that as a pattern. Cover those air points for your own life or the, as you pray for the people that matter to you. These are the things that you and I should cover when we pray. A pattern personal prayer. The third thing that we can talk about when we talk about the prayer life of Jesus is what Jesus taught about believing prayer. What did he teach about believing prayer? You see, we never find Jesus teaching this, what we hear so often. Jesus never said, you pray and sometimes you'll get a yes, sometimes you'll get a no, sometimes you'll get a maybe, sometimes you'll get a wait, and sometimes you'll get I don't know. Jesus never taught that. It may be in theology books, it's not in the Bible. Some of you are not listening. Jesus never taught that if you pray, sometimes you'll get a yes, sometimes you'll get a no, sometimes you'll get a maybe, sometimes you'll get a wait, and sometimes you'll get I don't know. He never taught that. Show me chapter and verse. He never taught that. What he did teach was, ask and it will be given you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone... John, Paul, Peter, Mark, Ramu, Babu, Samu, everyone. Everyone who prays. Everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. Everyone who knocks, the door will be. That's what Jesus taught. That's in the Bible. Matthew chapter 7, 7 to 11. Luke chapter 11, 11 to 13. That is in the Bible. That's what he taught. So Jesus never experienced failure in prayer. He never experienced failure in prayer. And he never implied in any of his teaching that any of his disciples were going to experience failure in prayer. He never taught that. What he did say is you and I can have our prayers answered. He said, you people are evil. 
And if, son, if a son comes and asks you for a bread, would you give him a stone? If he asks you for an egg, will you give him a scorpion? If he asks you for a fish, will you give him a snake? You people being so evil, you know how to do good things for your children. How much more? Let's all say this together. How much more? I don't seem convinced. How much more? Our heavenly father will give good things to those who ask him. That's what Jesus taught. He said, you've got a benevolent, good, loving, heavenly father. And he's waiting to give to you more than you are ready to receive from him. He's waiting to give you good things. How much more will the heavenly father give good things to those who ask him? That's what Jesus taught. In other words, he said, look, I'm telling you, you can have your prayers answered. I'm telling you that you can ask and you will receive. You can seek and you will find. You can knock and it will be open to you. And this is available for everyone. Because you've got a good heavenly father. But the key is, he said, Matthew 11, Matthew 21, 22. Whatever things you ask in prayer, believing. Everybody say believing. Whatever you ask in prayer, believing, you will receive. That was the key. That was the key. In Mark, he puts it like this in Mark chapter 11, verses 22 and 24. He says, have faith in God. What things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. That's what Jesus taught. Believe that you receive them and you will that's what he taught you and me. That means you and I can journey into this place of prayer where you and I can ask of a heavenly father and know that we will receive. That's a place you and I can enter into. Now, we may not have entered into that yet, but that's a place that's available for you and me because Jesus pointed to that place. I said, you can be in this place where you can ask your heavenly father and he will give it to you. But you need to pray believing prayer. And then Jesus took prayer to a completely different level. He said this, when you pray, he said, till now you've never done this, but I want you to start doing it. When you pray, you pray in my name. So when you pray, you pray in my name. John 14, verse 13 and 14. John 16, verse 23, 24. He said this, in that day, talking about our day after his resurrection. In that day, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you so that your joy may be full that your joy may be full. Think about this. He said, you ask the Father in my name. Now, what does it mean to ask in the name of Jesus? Many of us think the reason we all say in Jesus' name is so that we all know when to say amen. So we wait. We don't know what they pray. But whenever they say in Jesus' name, Amen. <laughs> so we all think, <laughs> okay, the reason we all say in Jesus' name is for the Amen. But that's not why we pray in the name of Jesus. To use the name of Jesus is, is there's a, there is a delegated authority behind that. He's giving us the power of attorney, the power of delegation, the power of representation. So when he says, you use my name, it's equivalent to, or it means that you and I are taking the place of Jesus. We are standing in Jesus' place to pray the prayer that he would pray if he was there 
in that situation to see the result that he would want to see in that situation. That's what it means to pray in the name of Jesus. That means I'm here to do business on behalf of Jesus. I'm here to do what Jesus would do if he were here. I'm going to pray those prayers and I'm going to bring those answers that Jesus would bring if he was here. That's what it means to pray in Jesus' name. It's the power of delegation. It's the power of attorney. And so he said, from now on, you're going to pray in my name. And the Father will give to you whatever you ask in my name. Because when you and I pray in the name of Jesus, it's as good as Jesus making that prayer. And the Father in heaven will not deny any prayer that Jesus prayed. Are you with me? That means you and I, when we pray in Jesus' name, we should have that same expectation. That this prayer is, is, is at that same level as a prayer that Jesus would have offered if he was here in this place. And I said, that sounds very far-fetched. That's okay, we will get to that place. We'll get to that place where this becomes normal for us, that when we pray, we are expecting the same result as Jesus. That's what it means to pray in Jesus' name. And then he took that up one more level. In John 15, verse 7, Jesus said, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you ask whatever you wish. It'll be done for you. Now that's, Lord, you're giving this promise to human beings. <laughs> you're giving this promise to people who've got all kinds of issues and problems and you're telling them, if you abide in me, my words abide in you. you. Ask what you want, you'll get it. That's exactly what he said. He said what he meant and he meant what he said. Are you listening? I notice, if you're in that place of intimacy with him, you abide in him, he abides in you. He says, I can just trust you with anything. I can trust you, 100%. Because you're abiding in me and my words are abiding in you. I know that whatever you ask will be exactly what I want. So you ask what you want, it will be done. Well, what a place to pray, be. People can say, hey, you go to that person because those prayers are being answered. And that's you and me. That we could be those kind of people. We could be in that place of intimacy with God where we can ask and it will be done. Amen? But that's believing prayer. And we must learn to come into that place of praying, believing prayer. The Lord Jesus also taught us about persistent prayer. He taught us about persistent prayer. And this is again something we need to learn. He used, he said this, he said, men must always pray and don't lose heart. In other words, there are going to be situations where you want to give up. I said, don't give up. Just keep praying. So tell your neighbor, keep praying, don't give up. It's a nice time to wake them up also. So tell them, keep praying, don't give up. So Jesus said, men, people have to keep on praying. Don't give up. And he gave two examples or illustrations. He talked about a friend who came by night in Luke 11. And he kept knocking on the door of his friend until he got the bread. And he gave the illustration of the widow woman who would not let go of the judge until he vindicated her. And he said, that's how you've got to pray. You've got to pray like this. So we have to learn persistence in prayer. And this is a very interesting thing because we've got to learn to abide and we also got to learn to strive. Abiding is resting, striving is pressing in and both are needed in a strong prayer life. We've got to be learning, we've got to learn to be childlike where you are simply trusting and you got to be warrior-like where Jesus said the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and it's the violent who take it by force. 
So there's this childlike trust in God and there's a warrior-like militancy to prayer where you say, devil, you are not going to stop me from getting what God has said I will get. No stopping. If there's anybody who's going to give up, it's the devil, not me. Are you listening? So that persistence in prayer, that tenacity in prayer, that aggressiveness in prayer is something you and I must develop in our lives. Saying, devil, if anybody is going to run, it's you, not me. I will also run, but I'll come running after you. It's not going to be the other way. Now, most believers say, I got the devil on the run. Problem is, I'm running, he's chasing. No, it's got to be the other way. So, persistence in prayer. Jesus started, and we have to learn how to develop that in our lives. Jesus also demonstrated the prayer of submission and surrender. So, think about this. The Lord Jesus was the Lamb of God slain from before the foundation of the world. That means even from before man was created, he had agreed to go to the cross. It was already done. But in time, when Jesus walked on the earth, and the time came for him to go to the cross, the Bible says he was in great agony. Emotionally, it was painful. It's not easy. And Luke brings this out so beautifully. It says, he agonized. He greatly agonized. And he prayed even more earnestly. What do we do when we are in great agony? Something in life is crushing you. Something in life is shaking you apart. Something in life is tearing you. What do you do? What did Jesus do? When he was in great agony, he prayed even more earnestly. It's like, man, I'm going to do this with everything I've got. 100%. The Bible says with vehement tears and cries, he prayed. So though he had agreed long back to go to the cross, when that point in time came, he was in great agony. And so he prayed, Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. I mean, I don't want to drink it. I, mean, I know I agreed to drink this, but I'm finding it hard. So if you can do something to take it away, let this cup pass from me. But nevertheless, not my will, let your will be done. And Jesus also said, in Luke 22, the same chapter, and Matthew's gospel actually, he says, if I pray the Father right now, He will send a legion of angels to rescue me. If I pray the Father right now, He will send a legion of angels. But the point was this, He didn't pray that prayer. Instead, he said, not my will, your will. And this teaches us something so powerful about submission and surrender. Where there are privileges we can exercise, but we choose not to exercise those privileges because we place a greater priority, a greater importance on doing the will of God. That means the doing the will of God is more important than the exercise of a privilege or a right that we may have. And we are living in a society, and I'm even talking about the church, where we are all trained, use your right, exercise your privilege. Yes, it's good, but there's something more important than your right and privilege. It's the will of God. It's you doing the will of the Father. And if there's a choice you have to make between the will of the Father and exercising your privilege, Jesus said, you got to surrender. you got to submit. Or he demonstrated, we got to surrender. we got to submit to the will of the Father. That's more important than our own privilege. 
something to learn. But we are called to walk in that. And we, you and I must learn to pray the prayer of submission and surrender as we journey through. A few more things. Jesus demonstrated intercessory prayer. So intercession is really you and I doing something for somebody else, which they can't do for themselves at that moment. So he demonstrated that. His whole ministry of deliverance was an overflow of intercessory prayer because he did say this. He said, you can't cast that kind of a spirit out except through prayer and fasting. The real need is faith. But to come into that place of faith to deal with those kinds of spirits, he said, you pray and fast. Now in that occasion, Jesus never prayed or fasted at that moment. Which means his prayer and fasting was done before that moment. Now many of us wait for a difficult moment to go into prayer and fasting. But he was before that. He already did it. So he could just step into that moment already in that place of faith to minister deliverance that was needed. But the key was that life of prayer helps keep you in the place of faith to minister the deliverance that comes up suddenly. Somebody needs help. You're ready. Jesus wept over the city of Jerusalem. Why would he weep over that city if he didn't have a heart for it? And if he had a heart for it, he would have prayed for that city. So you and I can infer that he prayed over the city of Jerusalem. His intercession also involved praying for his own disciples. In John 17, he said, Father, those whom you've given me, I have kept them. I have prayed for them. And I've given them your word. There are two ways that Jesus protected his people, his disciples, except for Judas. He said, I prayed for them and I've given them your word. And that's important for you and me. How do we protect God's people? You pray for them, you give them the words. That's how you protect. And in John 17, he not only prayed for his own disciples, he prayed for you and me. Are you listening? He said, I pray for those who will believe through their word. And he prayed four things for you and me. He said, I pray that they may be one, meaning united. That they may have my glory in them. The glory you've given me, I've given them. I pray for them that they will know that you have loved them just as you love me. He wants us to know the love of the Father. And he said, I pray for them that the world through them may believe. So that's the prayer he prayed for you and me already in John 17. We will examine that. He also prayed for Peter. He said, Peter, Satan has desired to sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you. So that's intercessory prayer. You're praying and you're stopping what the enemy is trying to do in somebody else's life. I have prayed for you. That your faith will not fail. You may stumble and fall, but you will not lose your faith. And when you are strengthened, you, when you are restored, you strengthen your brethren. So he prayed for Peter ahead of time. Intercession. So Jesus taught us about intercessory prayer. And we're going to learn about that. Just two more things. Worship team, please come. There's a lot that Jesus taught about prayer, which we will examine as we progress in this series. He taught us, don't worry about anything because your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. Don't worry. He taught us, when you pray, don't pray long prayers. Don't use vain repetitions. Don't pray just to get attention to yourself. Because if you do that, you're only bringing condemnation on, the, on yourself. Instead, when you pray, go to your closet. Pray to your father in secret. And your father who sees you in secret will reward you openly. 
He taught us when you pray, pray for those who despitefully use you and persecute you. Pray for those who ill-treat you. He said, when you pray, forgive those who have sinned against you. Forgive, so that your Father in heaven will also forgive you. When you pray, go humbly before God, knowing that we don't have the right even to get there, but it's because of Jesus that we can come into the very presence of the Father. Go humbly before God when you pray. So he taught us many things about prayer. And we're going to examine that. I want to close with this. The Lord Jesus was crucified. He was buried. The third day he rose up again. He showed himself alive to his disciples. He ascended to heaven. What do you think he's doing there in heaven? Sit back, relax. No. The Bible says, Today in heaven, he is our great high priest. And as our great high priest, he lives to make intercession for us. Turn to your neighbor and say, Jesus is praying for you. Now, maybe they didn't believe it the first time you told them. So tell them loudly, Jesus is praying for you. Can you imagine this? Can you imagine this? That today, you have a high priest in heaven. And he is interceding for you. He is praying for you. He's praying for you. And the book of Hebrews unveils this. He's praying for you and me so that He can aid us when we are tested, when we are tempted. There's somebody praying for you. That moment, your great high priest is praying for you. And therefore, the writer of Hebrews says, don't let go of your confession because you've got a great high priest. Instead, he says, let us come boldly to the throne of grace because we've got a great high priest. And we can receive mercy and grace to help us in our time of needs. There's a great high priest who's praying for you so you can come to the Father and be sure that the mercy, that the grace that you need in your time of need will be given to you. Because there's a high priest next to the Father for you, for me. The writer of Hebrews says in Hebrews 7 that our great high priest is the surety of this new covenant. That means he is standing there as the guarantee of this covenant, of every provision, every blessing in this covenant. There's a great high priest standing before the Father on your behalf to make sure that you can receive it. He's standing there as your great high priest. As a surety, as a guarantee of God's covenant to you. Every promise that the Father made for you, there is Jesus as the high priest standing there to make sure you receive it. And Hebrews 7 says, He is able to save us to the uttermost because He always lives to make intercession for us. That word salvation, don't think of it as only being saved for eternity. It's an all-inclusive word. It means your protection. It means your deliverance. It means provision. It means everything God will do. He will save you to the uttermost because He is living to intercede for you. Wow think that Jesus our great high priest he's interceding for you and me and so no matter what your situation no matter what your circumstances the Bible says he is able to save to the uttermost it doesn't matter how low you've fallen how desperate how terrible your situation he can save you from it doesn't matter how 
incomprehensible that situation is, He can save you from it. It doesn't matter how complex the situation is, He can save you from it. He lives to intercede for you. And today, He's this moment, He's interceding so that He can save you to the uttermost. Amen. There is no situation beyond redemption in your life. And in closing, I want you to think about this. When you and I pray, we are co-working on earth with our great high priest. Amen. We are working together with him on the earth. When you are praying in your room all alone, nobody is clapping for you. Nobody is applauding you. Nobody is giving you a thumbs up or a heart or a like or whatever. Nothing is happening. But there's a Father in heaven who's watching you. And you are co-working with your great high priest to see the Father's will done here on earth. That's what you and I are doing when we are praying. What a great privilege it is to be in that place of prayer. To know that you're joining hands with Almighty God. You're joining hands with your great high priest. To see his purpose established on earth. Amen. So we're going to learn this. We're going to touch upon each of these eight aspects that we mentioned today. Look into, the, into detail in the life of Jesus. And learn how each of these can be part of our lives. For our own strengthening and how we can minister to one another. Amen. Let's rise to our feet, please. This privilege of prayer is given to the church. Jesus said, I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. What you bind on earth, you bind on earth, you lose on earth. That privilege is given to the church. And Jesus explains it in Matthew 18, 19 and 20. He says, this is how you do it. If two of you agree on earth, it will be done. So this binding and losing, this turning of the keys that have been given to us by the kingdom of heaven happens in this place of agreement in prayer. When we agree together in prayer, he says the gates of hell will not stop, cannot stop the church, cannot stop you and me. We're going to worship a little bit. And I want you to pray and ask the Lord, God, help me to have a prayer life that's modeled after the life of Jesus himself. I want to follow the prayer life of Jesus. I want to have a prayer life like Him. I want to pray like Jesus. I want to pray like Jesus. Make that your prayer this morning. Lord, I want to pray the way Jesus prayed. I want to have a prayer life like Jesus. Help me, Lord. Help me.
Father, we just pray for each one of us that we will have a prayer life like Jesus. And God, that as we pray, we will see people healed. We will see people delivered. We will see the heavens opened over their lives. That we will see, Lord, mighty things take place. Even as we pray, a minister to one another, God. It's going to take a moment to pray and just speak healing, speak deliverance, speak the blessing of God over our lives. And you're here this morning, you walked in saying, God, I, I, I need your touch. I need you to do something for me. I just want you to receive this. Just go ahead and say, Lord, I receive your touch over my life this morning. And Father, we, I stand before you in the name of your Son, Jesus, to do what Jesus would do if He were here. Let everything that Jesus would do if He were here this morning, in healing, in delivering, in comforting, in strengthening, in guiding, in directing people, let it take place right now, God, in the lives of your people, those here, those watching online, in their lives right now, in the mighty name of Jesus and by the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Let healing take place, let deliverance take place, let emotional healing and emotional wholeness be ministered. Let there be healing of the body, healing of the minds, a destroying of every yoke of the enemy. And Satan, I take authority over you in the name of Jesus. And I take authority over every unclean spirit, every work of the enemy. I command it destroyed. Every foul spirit, I command you leave in the mighty name of Jesus. We're not afraid of you, Satan. We command you to leave in the name of Jesus. We command every work of the enemy to be destroyed and every burden to be removed of the lives of the people. And we declare the blessing of God. We declare the anointing of God that destroys yokes and removes burdens. We declare people set free. We declare people brought out of the mighty pit and set upon a solid rock. We declare the power of God changing their circumstances and their situations. We declare needs, financial needs met. The provision of God coming in miraculously into their lives. Father, we thank you for ministering to your people by the power of your Holy Spirit even right now. Let mighty things take place. Let your people be blessed and strengthened, encouraged and empowered. And Father, may all of us be bold, unashamed, on fire, witnesses for Jesus Christ. That wherever we go, we'll not be ashamed to let people know that we believe in Jesus. 
that we call upon the name that is higher than every other name that we call upon the name in which there is salvation we call upon the name at which every demon trembles we call upon the name in which there are miracles we are not ashamed of that worthy name we are not ashamed we thank you oh god we thank you we praise you father we praise you before we wrap up this morning i want to just give it an opportunity for anybody who's here who's never believed in the lord jesus christ maybe you're watching online you know the bible tells us something amazing the bible says if anybody is in christ he becomes a new creation all things pass away all things become new there are many people who are you know trying to turn a new leaf all right so you try out this program you try out that program try to become a new leaf but there is one person who can make you a new creation and that's Jesus Christ he can make you a new person not just turn a new leaf but a new person inside out if anyone is in Christ he becomes a new creation nobody else can do this Jesus can and all you and I need to do is to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ come to him believe in him and say lord I need you in my life. And when you and I do that, he makes us new creation. So I'm going to lead us in a simple prayer. And if you feel prompted in your heart this morning to do that with me, to pray this prayer with me, if you've never done it before in your life and you want to do it this morning, if you've stirred up in your heart to do it, then pray that prayer with me. Nobody can stop you from doing it. It's entirely your choice, and I'm just helping you pray that prayer. Let's pray. If you've never done this before in your life and you want Jesus to make you a brand new person, a new creation, to forgive your sins and make you a child of God. If you've never done this before, then we want you to pray this prayer with me please right now. Just say this, Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my life. Please forgive my sins. Make me a child of God. Make me a new creation and help me follow you and you alone the rest of my life. And I pray this in Jesus name. Amen. 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 Is there anyone here you prayed this prayer with me for the very first time? We want to see your hand so Could you raise your hand? You prayed this prayer with me for the very first time here today. We want to see your hand. Could you wave your hand at me? I see one hand there. God bless you. Anybody else? You prayed this prayer with me for the very first time. I want to see your hand. Anybody else? Anybody else? All right. There's one person there. God bless you. Anybody else? You prayed this prayer with me for the very first time. God bless. Okay. So our ushers will come to you, give you a bag that's called the New Believers Bag. There's a card that says Decision Card. please write your name and number on that card please give it back to them because then we can call you and we can tell you how to use the resources in that bag and also help you in your journey of faith so if you pray that prayer with me for the very first time please make sure you do that go to one of our ushers here get that bag from them write your name on that card give it to them and we will help you in this journey of faith we're going to close pastors those of you who are here please come up be here available life group leaders if you would like to just be here to pray for people you're welcome to do that and expect that as you pray for people there will be an open heaven over their lives let's close let's close the grace of our lord jesus the love of god our heavenly father and the sweet fellowship of his holy spirit be with each of us always in jesus name everyone said amen thank you for listening we trust this message was a blessing to you for more free resources including sermons sermon notes and books please visit apcw.org for information on apc bible college in bangalore visit apcbiblecollege.org do remember to download the all people's church bangalore app from the apple or google play store 